Let's go. Yeah. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Can I hear a good amen? amen. That's what we are. Please be seated. a lot going on and the spirit of god is really moving um i was here early this morning and um the lord spoke to me and i believe as to what to do when through with this message and just confirmed it by the word of prophecy that came in this morning and what i've been hearing he's been doing a lot uh, with us and i'm so grateful to him but today i want to continue with the message uh, titled the whole creation waits the whole creation waits whole creation is waiting on you the bible tells us in romans chapter 8 beginning from verse 14 he says as many as are led by the spirit of god these are the sons of god as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Not as many as go to church, not as many as shake the preacher's hand, not as many as pray, not as many as fast, is as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. These are the children of God. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, we cry out to God, Abba, Father. And then the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are indeed children of God. So when you are a child of God, the Spirit of God bears witness with your spirit that you belong to the God family. You are a family member. But then he goes on to say in verse 17, And if children, if you are a child of God, if children, then heirs of, and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. If children, then we are heirs of God. Now, in the kingdom, usually there is a king and there is only one heir to the throne. That's usually the firstborn. You know about it in England. It's the firstborn. But in the kingdom of God, every child of God is a firstborn. God doesn't have grandchildren. Every child of God has a right to the throne. To sit with the Father, to sit with Jesus on the throne. That's what the scripture tells us. We are seated with him in heavenly places. Every single one of us. So we are all joint heirs with Christ. He's our senior brother, but we are joint heirs with him. 
But then it says, if children, then heirs, joint heirs with God, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may be glorified with him. So, the truth is, there is some suffering for the believer. There is some suffering that qualifies us to be glorified with him. And it's because people are not willing to suffer. They don't want people speaking against them. They want to be popular. That's why people are going back on the truth today. Because they don't want to suffer. If you speak the truth, people will come against you. People will speak bad about what you're doing. They will even call you names. To make you feel bad. And they will spread the word. But if we are willing to suffer, then we are going to be glorified together. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, this is the scripture here. For the earnest expectation of the creation, the earnest expectation of the creation. So the creation... The whole of God's creation is earnestly expecting something. The whole creation, the atoms, if I want to go into chemistry, well, the atoms, protons, all of those, the whole creation, the universe as a whole, the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. So the creation as a whole is waiting on you. That tells you how important you are to God himself. That's why you must live your life to please him. Because you are special. You are not ordinary. You are not like the rest of them. You are born of God. You were born from above. And the Bible says, he who is born from above, who is from above, he's above all. You are not ordinary. Paul says, some of you treat yourself like you are just mere men. He's saying, if you are a Christian, you are not a mere person. You are a child of God. You are joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. In, in Ephesians, it says, you are seated with him in heavenly places. You are up there even though you are here. And Jesus spoke, he said, the Son of God, no man has seen the Father, but the Son who is in heaven, and He was standing here on the earth saying that. It's a mystery. We don't understand it. But we're seated with Him in heavenly places. So the whole creation is waiting for your revealing. Because until you are revealed, God's full will is not done. And the creation is unhappy. They wait eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. Then he tells you why. For or because the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. They were saying, we, you're subjecting us to decay, but we were not the ones that did the wrong. They did. That's you and I. Why do we have to suffer for them? God says, don't worry about it. I'll renew you. I'll take care of you. But you see, they are the most important, crea- uh, uh, the most important people in the whole of creation. 
So God says, don't worry, I'll take care of you. But they have been waiting for this thing to be over. So Jesus returns and we go back to our original estate. And then they can go back to where God placed them originally. Amen. You are that special. You are that special. The whole creation waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. Because or for the creation was subject to futility. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. So when man went into the bondage of corruption and started dying, the whole of creation went into it as well. And they didn't like it because they didn't do anything wrong. But they have to wait for you and I to be saved. Until Jesus came. And then he died on the cross. If you think that the whole creation doesn't pay attention. When Jesus was dying on the cross. You saw what happened. There was darkness. For about three hours. Some scriptures even said. People who were dead. Some of them rose. And they saw them in the city. The son said. Hey I can't look into. I can't look at this. I'll give them darkness. Earthquake. And that Roman soldier, after seeing that, he says, Oh, we've made a big mistake. Truly, this was the Son of God. Because what was he seeing? He was seeing the creation reacting to Jesus dying on the cross. That's how important you are to God. God will send his Son so that we can go back to our original estate. And then everything can, can come back to the way God wants it. Because he says, I'll make everything new. There will be a new earth and a new heaven. And this, the earth and the heavens, the universe can't wait. They are crying out to God. They want the change now. And what's happening is more wickedness on the earth. So we need to understand what God is saying from his word. Because that of what's happening to creation. And then he says... Because the creation itself also was, will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. There is coming a glorious liberty that's coming to us. Because of what Jesus has done for us. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors. The whole creation, the groaning and laboring with pain, birth pangs. You know how painful. I guess men can't understand it, but the ladies do. Waiting for their, deliver, their deliverance. And then Paul said, not only them, not only the, uh, the creation, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit. What he's saying is, those of us that have been born again, we should be that way as well, waiting for our change. He's not talking about the disciples alone, but every one of us. If you have been saved and you are born again, you should be looking forward to his return. Look, read the New Testament. They were looking forward to his return. They lived as if it was coming the next day. But look at what's happening to us today. We're so busy with our own life and the things that we're doing, we're forgetting about his coming. Christians meet and talk. They talk about everything but Jesus' return. We don't, we're not aware of it anymore. But Jesus said, watch. 
Because you don't know when he will return. Watch and pray. He will come at a time that you are not expecting him. We need to be aware of it. You know, I was praying this morning and God showed me, because I, I say to myself that I don't think Jesus is coming right now. Because you see, the gospel has to be preached all over the world first, before Jesus comes. And then I heard this word in my head, what about the internet? They can watch it over there. They can watch a, a preacher in their room <laughs> through the internet. If they want to listen to Billy Graham, they'll turn on when he's on, on the internet. You can make searches, right? If they have access to the internet, unless it's restricted, they can go wherever. And that's what people are doing now, global university. They're reaching out to the rest of the world. And people are coming, calling from Muslim world, uh, world and, and from Israel. They want to know how to find Christ. Don't deceive yourself. The gospel is going everywhere. We are very close to the time. We're very close. There are satellite televisions reaching out to Sudan and all the Muslim countries. They are watching it. If the government says no, they hide under, they want to see. They go underground to see what's going on. They want it. We are very close to the time. We just really need to understand that. And I said it here before, that today, there's just one thing in my mind, that's just me. The, the, the Israelites already have the temple mount where they are going to build their new temple. And I heard from the grapevine somewhere, maybe a Jewish person, they are already raising money to build their temple. Now that's the same temple that Satan is going to defy. That means the rapture would have taken place. You don't want to be left behind. You don't want to be left behind. There's going to be serious tribulation on this earth. This is the time to hold on to God. This is the time to hold on to our Redeemer. This is, these are not the days to play games with God. I think the greatest pain people will feel in hell is the pain that they know that they had a chance. They could have made it. But they were careless and refused. And that pain will torment them through eternity. I went to church. I wish I listened to the pastor that, that Sunday. I wish I had raised my hand to receive Christ. I wish, I wish. And you do that throughout eternity. You're never coming out of that place. That's why I ran to Christ. I didn't want to go to the place where the devil is living. And, and, and I'm from Africa. I, I mean, I, I, the heat there is tough, really tough. I can't, handle, I can't handle the heat there. Even with air conditioner, you think for eternity I'm being burnt with real fire? I don't want that. I, after I heard the preacher, I said, please show me how I need Christ. I'm not going in there. I need Jesus. You know, before I got saved, I used to ask, you know, I mean, that, it was real stupidity. But, but, you know, I would ask them, you know, is James Brown going to be there? Are we going to be singing Billie Jean over there and we do moonwalk in hell? 
If he's there and you remind him of I feel good, you might lose a few teeth. I pray he's not there. He won't want to talk to you about that at all. There's no fun there. You can't be burning and feeling good. It don't work that way. They don't go together. So we got to follow this master. You can imagine, I, I keep telling people this. If God himself will go to the cross, this is God himself, there's no other God. We don't have two gods. We only have one God who came to us in human form. He had to come to us somewhere because we couldn't help ourselves. We don't tell him how to come. He came on his own volition, the way he wanted to come. But that was God himself. If God will go to the cross so that you won't have to go to hell, and you decide to go there, I would say, you're really dumb. <laughs> oh, yes. You're as dumb as they come. Why would you do something like that to yourself? Why? You want to wait until you get there to find out when you can get out of the place? Why not take care of it right now? This is the time to take care of it. The end is very close. There is something to do for God. You know, it says if we will suffer with him. If we will suffer with him. A lot of us don't like to suffer. We don't like any pain. It's raining this morning and cold. I think our pastor understands I'll go to church next week. I'm not going to there. We can easily come up with things if it's going to touch our lives. We don't want to do that. But in my mind, I keep thinking, how tired are you? What if your boss calls you? Uh, we're going to give you overtime and we'll double that. Are you still going to be talking tired or you'll be out in your car? You run. But when it comes to God, you, we take him for granted. And he's a loving God. But when you do that, you are not doing him any. You are wronging your own soul. That's the thing you're doing. You are wronging your own soul. Because before long, you are going to become very lukewarm to the things of God. And Jesus was very clear. He says, I would rather have you cold so I know what to do with you or hot. If you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. And if you spit something out of your mouth, it's no longer part of you. It's already out. We shouldn't deceive ourselves. There is a suffering for those who love God. We must understand that. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Paul said, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering. To be conformed to his death. Jesus said, if you will follow me, take up your cross. I will often daily... Take up, we, won't, we don't hear these things anymore, but it's the truth. Take up your cross daily and come after me if you're going to follow me. 
You know, suffering measures the Christian. There are different types of suffering. There are suffering because of ignorance. <laughs> because you don't know the word. Ignorance of the word can cause you a lot of pain and suffering. We're not talking about that kind of suffering. There's also suffering that comes from disobedience. When you are not listening to God and Satan says, I got him now because he walked out from his father's protection. And you're going to pay a price for it. That's not the suffering we're talking about. When you do what's wrong, the government sends you to prison. Paul tells us that. He says, if you do wrong, just swallow, take it. You go to prison, whatever. That has nothing to do with God. But when you suffer for Christ, you're purified. When you suffer for Christ, you are qualified. It says, if you were joint heirs with him, if we indeed suffer with him, and that's the suffering that qualifies us to be glorified with him. So there is an if there. If you will do this. So we need to suffer. We suffer for him. Now, Hebrews chapter 5, beginning from verse 8, 8 and 9 actually, though he was a son, Jesus himself, this is the son of God, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. How did he learn obedience? The things he suffered. This was Jesus himself. And having been perfected through suffering, he became. So the glory comes afterwards. He became the eternal salvation of all who obey him. But let me read this in Colossians chapter 1 verse 24. It says, I am happy. Paul saying this. And please get this today. This is very important. Paul says, I am happy in my suffering for you. If I said to you this morning, I'm happy because I'm suffering for, for you. He would say, you're suffering for yourself, not me. Right? But there's a meaning to this. Paul was clear, I am suffering for you. He is not the Savior, but he is suffering for them. Please understand. I am happy in my suffering for you. There are things that Christ must still suffer. Hello? There are things that Christ must still suffer. Yes, he's risen from the dead. He's seated at the Father's right hand, but Paul is saying there are things that Christ must, must still suffer. There are things that Christ must still suffer through what? His body. You and I, we are His body. The suffering is not over. We need to do our part. So Paul is saying, saying here, I am accepting in my body my part of these things that must what be suffered. I am willing to accept it. A lot of Christians are not willing to accept anything if it comes to suffering. 
And please bear with me. I'm not rebuking anybody. Uh, I'm just giving the message as God gives it to us. But how often do you spend time praying? Too tired? To read your Bible? To go to church? Is that suffering? God has allotted to us some level of suffering in Christ. And some people are really paying the price. We get upset when we see them beheaded because they refuse to denounce their faith. They are fulfilling that part for us. All we are praying for is God bless me and my family and me and my mind. That's all we're talking about. I need, a need, I need a call. I need this. What are you willing to give in your contribution to the suffering that the body of Christ, that Christ must still suffer? What are you willing to give? We have people arguing about whether to give or not to give and all, of, all kinds of craziness. Instead of doing what God calls, it's like it's, it's, it's what I call cheap grace. You know, you just say the words, you're going to go to heaven. Jesus didn't say that. We got to really commit to him because he committed wholly to us. We got to, it's a terrible thing. If you had the opportunity and have been in his presence and didn't make it, that's what I meant by the regret that is going to be more painful than the fires of hell because you knew you shouldn't be there. But now you find yourself there because you were unwilling. How long do you have to live? Why can't you just give everything to Christ? My son, give me your heart. That's what Jesus said. Give me your heart. Peter said, we've left everything. We were fishermen. We left everything. Look, we are following you. Even when, while they were speaking, they still were not sure if they were going to make it. They needed Jesus to assure them that, yes, we've done the right thing. They said, we left everything to follow you. What are we going to get? Nobody thinks about that this month, these days. So we need to understand that. I am happy. To accept that suffering. You know, in, uh, I believe it's uh, Matthew chapter 13. And Jesus was saying, maybe possibly uh, verse 20. He says, because of the word. People who received the seed on a stony ground. It says, when persecution came because of the word they got offended and went, went away. When you truly follow God, they will persecute you. They will say bad things about you. They lie about you. They say all kinds of things about you. And I've shared this story here. When I got saved, everybody, in, they were saying it all over town. That man is, is crazy. And they mean nuts, insane. And after I got married, my wife, this was years later, we were in this uh, a family uh, gathering with a lot of public people there. And my wife, they didn't know my wife. And one lady was saying, I heard one of those boys got married. And the other lady said, which of them got married? He said, the other one, you know. And she said, I know all of them. I don't know who you're talking about. He said, the one that used to go to church a lot. And that other lady said, oh my God, you mean that, that crazy man eventually got married? Oh, God must have really helped him. And my wife heard it. 
You see, I've never told a story of that nature to her. And as soon as I got out of the church building, Angela said to me, I've got to talk to you. And I saw her face and I said, this is not good. Is there any problem? She says, we need to talk. And we got in the room. She locked me up in there and she said, uh, I, I, I'm not going to fight you. because We just got married a few days there. Just a few days into this. And to her, I had kept this secret of being... And in my country, you want to marry somebody who has that problem, uh, your, the family will rather die. They won't, they won't tolerate that. So this was real trouble for Angela. She locked the door and said, uh, tell me the truth. I'm not going to fight you. Were you insane at any time in your life? <laughs> and I said, oh, and Angela said, so you were insane. I said, no, no, that's what they used to say. Oh, boy, it was tough. I said, please, I couldn't persuade her. I said, please, go to my mom, ask everybody. I mean, I'm, I wasn't insane. Because that's what they said all over town. I heard it. I couldn't change it. They talked about it. He goes from house to house, talking, they say, Jehovah's Witness, and all of that, knocking on people's door. They asked me, plain question, would your father, my father I died at that point. They said, is your father in heaven? I said, I don't know. If he received Christ, he'll be up there. But if he didn't, I'm sure he's in hell. They forget the rest of it, and they tell everybody in town that he says his father is in hell. And the people said, he is really not. He's crazy. Who speak of your father that way? But that's, my suffering. I ignored it. Just kept going. And, and, and God will reward you. Look at how many brothers that don't think I'm crazy. Brothers and sisters who think I'm okay right now. You know. Amen. I like it. Keep doing it. Yes. Okay. I'm not nuts. But that's the way they thought. And I, the worst thing is I couldn't change it. I couldn't persuade anyone. We have to suffer for him. And what the problem is, is because we are not willing to speak the word to our friends at work, to talk to other people, invite them to church, we are not partaking in his suffering. Because suffering comes when you begin to share with people about what you believe. That's the only place. When you begin to share with people who you are in Christ, that's when they start thinking about maybe we'll fire you. That's, we're not willing to do that. We sit in a place, somebody saying something against our faith, and we're just quiet. We won't say anything because he's the boss. You need to speak up. I've often depended on my God. I said, well, God is the one that gave me the job. He cannot fire me. So because I have that, I'll talk to him. He doesn't, who is he? He's just a man there. He fires me tomorrow, his business goes broke. He says, hey, I shouldn't have, not kidding. <laughs> but God will take care of his own. We need to speak the truth. There is a suffering. Did you know that the saints in heaven, they are waiting for our revealing? I think I got too excited. My time is gone and I've got to stop. (laughs) 
I got to stop. I'm not going further. My wife said, good luck, you really cannot preach for 30 minutes. I said, well, I think I can. We went back and forth. Because in Nigeria, uh, where I'm from, if you preach for one hour, they'll tell you, is that all you got? They want more. They want more. But uh, no, we don't go there. Uh, it's good to have every one of you here today. Uh, bow your heads with me today. Jesus is right here with us today, and we can make a commitment to Him because He loves us. He loves us dearly. Some of us have made a commitment to Him. Let me tell you this. I will make this statement nobody goes to hell. Because of his or our sins. You don't go to hell because of sin. Nobody goes to hell because they sinned against God. No. You go to hell because you refuse to accept the remedy for sin. Jesus Christ. Because you can be forgiven. For whatever reason, if you decide, I don't want, God's going to leave you alone. And you make it there. But today, God's going to give you the opportunity. And many of us are going to make that decision to commit all to God. You know, when I was a new Christian, I had certain things, habits, and things that I was doing. I didn't think there is no way in this life I can be free from those things. So it's just part of my life. That's who I, who I was. I thought there's no way I can be free. So I told God, you know, you know who, how I am. I cannot, these things that I do, uh, that's who I am, God. But if you can help me, if you can help me be free from these things, I, I'll follow you, God. And I prayed my simple prayer. And before long, I had no desire for those things anymore. I don't want to go, go shooting up, doing crazy stuff. I didn't love, I couldn't be around those things. My heart was totally transformed. God can transform your heart today if you will turn everything to Him. Even if you don't understand it. But you recognize there's something wrong with my life. I need God. You know you can't help yourself. But you're saying, God, if you help me, free me from this. Free me from all of this. I'll serve you. If you talk to God that way, He'll take you up. He's God. Every word that you speak, He hears. So when you take him up, you talk to him that even if you say, God, if you are God, show me. He'll show you. I know that. He'll show you some way, somehow, he'll let you know. And when he lets you know, he'll also let you know, you said that prayer, this is the answer. That's why I can trust God, because he never fails. So you're here this morning and you're saying, look, I gave my life to Christ before. Things are not the way they are supposed to be. I want to be closer to God. If that's you today, at the count of three, please put your hand. I want to pray for you. And God answers my prayers. All eyes closed, all heads bow. Raise your hand at the count of three, and I'll pray with you. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Our God is good. Stand up with me, every one of you today. We're going to be talking to our Heavenly Father. And every word that comes out of our mouth, He hears. And He ministers to us. You may not feel anything. Some of you may feel something. 
but those things that hold you down. And if you are sick this morning, I'm going to be praying also for your, for your body. While we are praying to receive Christ, place your hand where you are hurting. And God, you will find out after prayer, the pain is no longer there. I really believe that with all of my heart. But we do first things first. We bring him in. And as we take in the healer, the healer heals us. Amen? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. So you can place your hand. Let's pray. Especially those that raise their hands. Pray with me and mean it from your heart. And God will hear. And your life is going to be transformed. Say with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, the Savior of the world, into my world. Lord Jesus, I receive you today into my life to be the Lord and Savior of my soul. Jesus, cleanse me from my sins and transform my life. Lord, help me to live for you, to please you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.